This is the Bible in the News, brought to you this week by Paul Billington. And among the many news items deserving our attention this week comes a horror story from Ireland. A horror story that the Catholic Church has kept locked up in secret archives for many decades. And one which demonstrates the character of the system predicted in by the Apostle Paul in his letter to the Thessalonians of the first century. The Apostle wrote about a system of wickedness, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they should they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 9 to 12. Well, if ever there was a system possessed of all deceivableness of unrighteousness, we see it in the one which news stories have brought before the world's attention this week. A report released on Thursday, says the Associated Press, analyzes the cases of 46 priests against whom 320 complaints were filed. The 46 were selected from more than 150 Dublin priests implicated in molesting or raping boys and girls since 1940. Eleven priests convicted of child abuse are named in the report, but 33 are referred to by aliases, and two have their names blacked out because they have yet to face justice. The report rejected past bishops' key claim that they were ignorant of both the scale and criminality of priests' abuse of children, showing that the Dublin Archdiocese negotiated a 1987 insurance policy for future legal costs of defending lawsuits and compensation claims. According to London's Daily Telegraph, the structures and rules of the Catholic Church facilitated that cover-up. The paper says that authorities enjoyed a cosy relationship with the Church and did not enforce the law as four archbishops obsessed with secrecy and avoiding scandal protected abusers and reputations at all costs, the report said. As we read this dreadful news, we are brought to consider not only the cover-up but the cosy relationship existing between authorities, including police and other public figures, and the Catholic Church. This is expressed in the symbolic language of Revelation chapter 17, verses 1 and 2. The great whore that sitteth upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So what does this system keep locked away in its secret archives? Child abuse in Ireland and other countries is now known, but other secrets remain, especially those relating to church crimes associated with the Holocaust. In a recent interview discussion with Sir Martin Gilbert, the well-known historian, I raised this question. Here's part of our discussion. I read, I read in the paper the other day uh, that you had made an appeal to the Vatican to uh, let go of their wartime archives. Any luck? 
I was put in a very difficult position. The, the late Pope uh, asked me to come and see him to talk about the potential canonization of Pius XII, which he very much believed in. But I thought it over and I discussed it with some of my close friends and my wife. And I felt that it would be quite wrong for a Jewish person to become involved in a what is essentially a Catholic theological uh, debate, mm. canonization, whatever my views on Pius XII. Mm. Uh, you know, that really is not something which a Jewish person could do. And I replied to the Pope and reminded him that when I had approached him for help, when I was collecting material for my book on the righteous Christians, the Christians who saved Jews during the Second World War. And I asked him if it was true, a story which I'd been told by an American Jewish person, that uh, his parents had been murdered in the Holocaust and his mother had given him to a Roman Catholic couple near Krakow. And after the war, when the Pope was a young priest, this mother had come to him and said, I'm a Catholic, this is my son, but he is in fact uh, the child of two Jews. Can I bring him up as a Roman Catholic? So I asked the Pope, I wrote to him and said, can he confirm this? Because I'd like to tell the story. And uh, the Cardinal Secretary of State wrote back to me and said, Pope had the letter, he read it, he was interested in my work, and some wished me well, he knew my work. But he couldn't answer the question because the advice which he gave to the woman was given in the confessional. And were he to reveal it, he would be subject to excommunication. So I thought, well, I don't think a Jewish lad should be responsible for the excommunication of the Pope of Rome. I mean, that would be an unpleasant historical first. Mm. So, so I reminded him of that and said, I, I feel that the same is is true with regard to the canonization of bias. But I, I don't, I can't as a Jew involve myself. But I became, I did a lot of work in the course of my book on the writers. I wrote about Pius and some of the things were positive and so the Vatican took me up, if you like. They, they, they liked those bits. They liked it <laughs> and they made a lot mm. of it and they even gave me some bizarre, I mean, I, I appreciated it, but it was a strange sort of one of twelve people of the year Vatican people because of what I'd written. Uh, and then they started quoting something from my book, which was accurate in itself, but not in the full context. So I felt I have to uh, uh, say something. And then just as I was about to, uh, to make a statement, uh, Pope Benedict said that this subject should be held in abeyance, it should be dropped for a while, and that uh, in due course the archives would be open. I think he said 13 years or some very long period. And as I'm already 72, you know, by 85 I may not be quite as vigorous a researcher as I then, as I now may still be. So I decided to write a thing saying that this, this really is an absurd situation. You have the archives, make them available now. So the archives remain hidden from public view, while the Catholic Church continues to enjoy her glory in the eyes of a deceived world. The Bible has told us all about it, of course, 
but people don't want to believe it. This corrupt and wicked world in which we presently sojourn is to be swept away by Jesus Christ upon his return. In that day we are told that peoples of the world will be enlightened by the truth, as we read in Jeremiah chapter 16, verses 19 to 21. The Gentiles shall come unto thee from the ends of the earth, and shall say, Surely our fathers have inherited lies, vanity, and things wherein there is no profit. Shall a man make gods unto himself, and they be ye no gods? Therefore, behold, I will this once cause them to know. I will cause them to know mine hand and my might, and they shall know that my name is the Lord, Yahweh. Join us again next week, God willing, on BibleInTheNews.com. <laughs>